Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friend. Well, there's many issues that we talk about, many stories that are academic, they're interesting, but they don't, they're not really life and death stories. They're not really that critical. But today, we're going to talk about people who are dying for their faith, people who are being persecuted around the world, and something new that the United States is doing to shine a spotlight on this problem. Our guest today is D.D. Loggison, director of the group Save the Persecuted Christians. Thank you very much for being with us on Freedom's Ring and for the wonderful work you guys are doing. Thank you, Alan. I'm so glad to be here today. You know, I don't know that statistics really help to reach the heart, but the problem worldwide is, is enormous. Give our listeners just some glimpse of the scope of, of the problem of persecution of Christians around the world. You bet. So around the world, the U.S. State Department says some 80% of people live in countries where the expression of religious freedom and faith is oppressed. For Christians, uh, this is the largest persecuted group by far and away. They say um, 80% of those persecuted in the world are Christian. The Open Doors USA reports 245 million Christians are heavily persecuted for their faith. They wake up every single day in fear for their lives and their livelihoods. Aid to the Church in Need puts that number higher at 327 million who are persecuted, though not all heavily. And that is the same number as our current population in the United States of America. So for every man, woman, and child in the United States, there is a Christian being persecuted for their faith in the world. That's a very profound way to bring that point home. You know, I've heard and been talking about the 80% figure, and it's, you know, so much of the world live in countries without religious freedom. And it's just, it's mind-boggling because you know, we, we experience a, a measure of freedom and, and we travel and we just, uh, you know, it doesn't really touch us personally. At least most Americans, it doesn't touch us personally. Well, uh, I know what prompted the radio show is a new uh, program. If I'm not sure if I should call it a program, but uh, a new function of the American government to make uh, the victims of persecution, uh, you know, more public for us to really wrap our brains around what, and our hearts, I hope, around what's happening. Tell us about what uh, the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom is doing with this uh, victims list. Yeah, you bet. The U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom was part of the mandate from the 1998 uh, International Religious Freedom Act, which was authored by Congressman Frank Wolf from Virginia. Former Congressman Frank Wolf is a member of Save the Persecuted Christians. We advocate and inform Americans on the persecution of Christians, and he is an advisor to our organization. So with the 
Act, the International Religious Freedom Act, USURF came into being, as well as the International Religious Freedom Office at the U.S. State Department. As part of the mandate for the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, which is a bipartisan commission watchdog to help the State Department determine uh, religious freedom in countries around the world, um, as part of their mandate, they are to track victims of torture, of forced conversion, those who are imprisoned, detained, disappeared, or under house arrest, and make that information publicly available. So they have, in October of this year, they released this online tool that allows the civil society members and people concerned with human rights to be able to follow who USERF has determined in various countries is, um, you know, is one of these people and also allows us to submit to them other people who may not be on their radar. There are so many nameless, faceless people who are suffering out there. And to be honest, the, the tracker list right now is very small. It tracks 126 people. We know there are thousands more people who are in these situations that need to be tracked by the U.S. government so that we can advocate for them. And uh, so it's going to be a powerful tool, and we really do think it will be a thorn in the side of persecutors. So for starters, I want to direct our listeners to the website. It's not too hard to find. And I've, as you've been talking, I've been uh, finding out that you're right. There, there are really not nearly enough people identified here. Um, so USCIRF is the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. So it's USCIRF.gov dash victims list. That's pretty easy. Um, and I do hope our listeners will check this out and, and start to think about the fact that, you know, persecution is not just some statistic. It's, it's real people that are really suffering. Let me tell you a story about we're working Please with do. advocates. Yeah, we're working with advocates in Pakistan right now in Lahore in 2015, March 15th. There were dual church bombings that just um, just really rattled the entire Christian community in Lahore, a place called Yohanabad, where many Christians are live together. And um, after that, a, there were riots for about three days, and two men were lynched during that rioting. What we've come to find out is that those two men were released by the police into the custody of a Muslim, and it was radical Muslims who killed them and then blamed it on the Christians. Nonetheless, the police went door to door and arrested every young Christian man they could find. Uh, more than 100 ended up in prison. Today, there are still 40 who are imprisoned without charge and, and, and have been held there almost five years. These are the breadwinners for these families. The families are very destitute at this point in time and suffering greatly. People have forgotten about them. So we are working with um, these advocates in Lahore to uh, submit these cases to user so that they can be tracked and we can work heartily for their release. You know, I can't listen to stories like this and not 
see it in the context of our administration's stated policy of America first and kind of pulling back American influence from the global scene. To me, and I've had this discussion with other you know, human rights activists, I know that the administration puts a, a big emphasis on religious freedom. We've got to maintain our engagement with countries like Pakistan to, to have any real impact in being able to address these kinds of, of abuses. The rule of law is just not consistently applied. We think it's kind of a universal, but, but it really isn't, is it? It isn't. And, um, you know, the Article 18 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights provides that uh, freedom of religion is a right to every single person. Freedom of thought, conscience, and religion is protected under international human rights law. This administration under President Trump has elevated religious freedom to a national security priority. He truly believes that religious freedom is the basis and foundation for all of the rest of our freedom. And earlier this week, a story uh, broke in Politico saying that there is an executive order being drafted by President Trump that will tie U.S. aid to a country's track record on religious freedom, which is definitely something that we at Save the Persecuted Christians has been advocating. Uh, we work to hold the persecutors accountable for these crimes against humanity. And so we're very supportive of, of the administration moves in this space, though it does happen locally. When we work with, say, these advocates in Pakistan, we encourage them that they are the ones who can have the greatest effect on uh, religious freedom in their communities. But we come in beside them. We help provide that, um, that support. We stand in the gap with them. And we also work uh, very hard in Washington, D.C., making access for these persecuted Christians to come and tell their stories to uh, our elected leaders so that they also may advocate for them and through policy and other motivating factors, be able to, you know, help encourage these countries to, uh, to uphold religious freedom in their lands. Because when religious freedom is promoted and protected, everything goes better. Economies thrive, societies thrive, and there's peace. But where religious freedom is oppressed, are... people suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make a pitch here to our listeners, because over the 21 years that I've been doing this show, and we've interviewed a number of, of human rights activists over the years, one of the messages that has always been clear is that when the American people, and especially the American church, reach out to our elected officials, to Congress, and let them know that this is important to us, that, uh, you know, how... Christians and other people of faith are being persecuted in countries around the world, that we want American policy to address this, they listen. And that yes, we, yes. the people, are the most powerful force against persecution in the world. Amen. You are so right on that. And I would encourage your listeners as well to join the Save Us movement at savethepersecutedchristians.org, because that's exactly what we are. We are the grassroots concerned citizens in the pews in America, 
putting pressure on our elected officials to do what's right and to protect religious freedom, both here at home, but also abroad. You know, I hear you talk about how the administration is elevating this issue in terms of policy, in terms of tying it with foreign aid. And I'm encouraged uh, whenever we do elevate this, you know, religious freedom, religious persecution, because historically, you know, human rights and religious freedom have tended to take a backseat to economic interests and other kinds of, of interests. And I do think that, you know, it's important from a global economic standpoint, as well as just national security and peace, to have religious freedom at the heart of, of all of our interests. Absolutely. It forms the foundation of, of the first right in our Constitution, of the right to religious freedom, the right to express oneself. It is foundational to everything we believe, and the U.S. has made it a priority to promote democracy and human rights and religious freedom around the world. Well, we're out of time. We've been very pleased to do this interview with Didi Logason, Executive Director of Save the Persecuted Christians, on the web at savethepersecutedchristians.org. Didi, thank you so much for all that you do and for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Thank you, Alan. And as we close, remember at Freedom's Ring, we don't just speak about religious freedom, we help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association producer of Freedom's Ring on the web at religiouslibertyinfo And be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Rennock. Till next week, let Freedom Ring. Thank you.